Hello and welcome to the Great Escape Pod, where each week myself, Owen, and Ryan delve into the lives of British expats living abroad. Our podcast is all about life abroad and all the experiences that come with it. Along the way, we'll try to offer the odd tip or two from either ourselves or our special expat guests. This week, we are delighted to be joined by a good friend of ours and former teammate of Owen and Ryan's football team and my former housemate. We met him here in Vancouver, but he also has had the expat experience in Australia and is currently residing in Wellington, New Zealand. We're very excited to welcome to the pod, Tommy. Hey, how's it hey, going? Hey, Tommy. What's happening, guys? <laughs> Quite an introduction, uh, that from you there, Tommy. Man. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the longest intro rise ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and then a surprise Scottish accent at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how after all that stuff, I was introing and the, the guest is always like, yeah, right. <laughs> how's it well, going? Yeah, Ryan never wrote <laughs> a It's a bit too much. Me. It's a bit over the top, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You should have wrote Tommy in something so, like, you know, could have come, <laughs> yeah. in, come in hot there. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy's really looking for direction at the moment, isn't he? Doesn't know how to record, doesn't know what yeah. to say. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I was struggling big time with the computing stuff, though. I felt like my mum when I was trying yeah. to do a Skype call. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Guiding me through the button pressing and stuff. Wicked. Well, sounding very good. All right, yeah. well, uh, should we kick off with... Uh, our quick fire questions. Yep. Sounds good. I'll go over to Quizmaster Ryan for this part. He loves um, No, I think uh, Owen was going to take it this week. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, uh, sorry, Owen. <laughs> no, no. Take the reins. It's your worst nightmare, Matt, because uh, classically <laughs> I'm the one that slows down the quick fire questions, <laughs> and this week I was in charge of putting them together. Uh, Tommy, Tommy's not a big chatter, so I'm sure we'll get right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quiet, lad. Um, so we'll go from the, the top. Tommy, the quick fire round. Answer them, you know, like, you know, as if you're at a psychiatrist's office and they're showing you the paper, you, the first thing that comes into your head, um, where's your happy place? Happy place? Um, it'd have to be up on top of mountains, just any mountain or hill, where I can see a bit of scenery, a, a cityscape. Um, I, I get any habit during lockdown. Wellington's just surrounded by mountains. Anyone can leave their house within 20 minutes. They're up the top of one. Because it's winter here, it's getting dark quite early. So I was having all these Batman moments. But I was getting up there for sunset and just looking all over the city. Yeah. Um, it was a bit weird. While we're on the topic of Batman, can you do your Bane impression? Oh, yeah. I missed it. Oh, you have sprung this on me. Oh, wow, man. That's <laughs> aggressive. No pressure. This is so good, though. I've missed it so much. <laughs> obviously, it's horrible because obviously I want that now, Tommy. Come on, mate. Well, I'd, right, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Um, if any of you guys have a better Bane impression, then feel free to fire him. But... Um, <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> Sorry, that that is it's banging terrible. to be fair. Oh, no, no, that's that, that's you've got, bad. You've got the quotes. You've, you, you, you've got the quotes down. Usually, you've me, memorized it like a half of the script. Let, let me give it another, another chance, and I'll show. I'm here to fulfill Radragor's destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tommy, you should not be shy about that, mate. That is a fantastic Oh, impression. I don't know, man. I, need a, I usually need a couple of a warm-ups to get myself. If, you, if you'd have told me beforehand, I would have sat and practiced them, you know? No, that was that was when the Hollywood execs joint. get their hands on this. Oh, yeah. You've got a voice acting career. You must have been shitting yourself living with that, Mark. Just hearing that voice, <laughs> just whispering underneath the door of you. Sometimes you've got to be careful with the uh, um, the Bane impression because it is like, oh yes, is how I start most of it. And sometimes you get it wrong. You go into the Churchill dog. You're like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which will break first, your mind or your body? Oh, that's quite good. That was my favourite. It's decent, Mark. I liked it. <laughs> well, that you're my inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn yeah. from the best. I, can do a ba- I think everybody can do a bit of Batman. Batman's just like making like crazy, aggressive noises. Where are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris... Christ, is Christian Bale, is, it, is that, that, that's who Batman was, right, in that, in the Dark Knight? Was yeah, it Christian Bale, yeah. Uh, it was Bruce Wayne, mate. Oh, yeah. Christian Bale played him, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Bale played him, yeah. 
Uh, fantastic. All right. Well, <laughs> that didn't spiral out of control. <laughs> that didn't spiral out of control at all. So fantastic. We're doing all right. How did that get into a burn impression? Oh, any excuse, <laughs> man. All you have to say is Batman. So onwards, Tommy. Um, you obviously we met at a footy. You know, a footy like playing footy. You're a footy guy. Who do you support and a quick explanation of why? So you've you've got like a quick fire round here and you're asking me about Celtic? Yeah, but I know but this is why I wanted to put some tricky ones straight away just to get you warmed up, Tommy. Oh, okay. So you condense it as well as you can into a quick answer of why you look Celtic. Yeah, obviously anyone that knows me knows that I support Celtic. Um, and I think football, and I come from Glasgow and football there's just like... It's more than a sport. It's a bit of a an obsession, and you don't really choose football. You're born into a team. So I was born into Celtic, and then if you've ever been to one of the big games, it's just like nothing else. Isn't like no other sporting experience. People are obsessed with it. Like I mean, you go to other cities, and there's people who like sport, and there's people who don't like sport. You grow up in Glasgow, like everyone's grand, everyone's three-year-old kid. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, everyone who's been in the country for five seconds, everyone has a team and they're, like, <laughs> obsessed with it. So, and I, I guess the reason I like Celtic so much as well, it's got a nice ethos to it. It was funded as a charity to help um, feed poor Irish immigrants. And they're, they're quite political and that sort of stuff. So I think it's, it's a good club. And it doesn't, doesn't hurt that they're on nine in a row just now as well. So lots to celebrate. There we go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. To be fair, it is a, it's an expat podcast, but Batman and Celtic were, were focusing on the important stuff. <laughs> so all you need to know, the rest will fall into place. So to get on a bit of a, a deeper vibe, Tommy, what's your favourite flavour crisp and least favourite for um, all I can say? Not a massive crisp eater, but I'm quite basic taste with them like I'm more of a crisp pincher so if I stole a crisp I would like it to be ready salted and um, I'm not not big into cheese and onion because I had a few experiences when I was younger where they had overwent the fake cheese and onion flavor and you could smell it for a while after like especially with a, a mustache and a beard you've got to be careful with that sort of stuff so no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I get it. No. We understand the connotations 100% there, Tommy, and, and fair enough to stay away from that. Um, so what's your favourite, to, to move on, quite controversial answer, by the way, not a fan of crisps, but we'll let that one just like... Yeah. Well, Am I remembering this wrong, or is, are crisps... Because I remember from when I lived in Toronto, are crisps in Canada not, like, crazy expensive? Is it not, like, $5 for a bag? No, they're just in oh. family bags. That's the problem. It, it, you can't buy a regular packet of crisps. Uh, it's all about the sharing, which isn't really. Well, no, it just culture, ends up. It? It, you just end up eating a family bag at twelve <laughs> o'clock at night, and then you just sweating. For I had hours a similar problem, problem last night. I bought so. one of my flatmates a, a birthday cake. It was like a normal cake, and I was like, "I'm going to decorate this with some chocolate buttons." But they didn't sell small bags of chocolate buttons, so I had to buy like three kilos of them, and the cake could only fit about six buttons. <laughs> So there are some things when you leave the UK that are going to be a challenge, you know. Yeah. You really take it for granted, <laughs> chocolate buttons. What's your favourite Scottish snack? Uh, like Scottish specific You're talking snack, sweet or savoury? Um, we can go both, Tommy, because it seems you might be maybe a bit of a, more of a sweet tooth over there if you're, if you're not liking Christmas. Yeah, go both. We're in no hurry on these quick fires. <laughs> Um, I do a lot of giving tonics tea cakes out to people that aren't Scottish. I'm never like, I'm never ashamed of a tonics, tonics tea cake. I never think, will mm. the person like this? It's always a safe bet, you know. Like, yeah, hundred percent. So tonics is not bad for sweet. Um, in terms of savoury, it's I, I don't know if this counts as a snack, but like a, a Scottish fry up, like your normal fry up with all the Scottish speciality additions. What, so you've what got makes square it a sausage, Scottish speciality which fry is up? Just, um, irreplaceable. It's a big, big staple of the food up north. You've got um, the potato scone, which is impossible to describe to people, but it's fantastic. Both of these on a, a morning roll are brilliant. You've got like haggis sliced up like black pudding. You've got black pudding as well, which I'm assuming you guys is that a northern wow. thing as well? A northern. A hundred percent. Love a bit of black. Yeah, pudding. yeah, we have black pudding. Yeah, yeah. Do you know actually? The the tragic thing is though, I went during lockdown, out of, probably out of boredom or something. I turned vegan. So I've got all these, st I don't even know what's left in Scotland to eat. So next time I get back there, I'll have to see. <laughs> there we go. But you could yeah. always have the old fried Mars bar. 
But we had that up in north as well. But then that started in Scotland. I've never met a Scottish person in my life that's ever tried Marsbar. Sorry, burst the bubble. <laughs> I, I, there was a couple of places back home that sold them, but I, they were like it kind of seemed like there were fun menu items that no one had actually ordered because I, I don't, I, I never saw one somebody order it, but I knew it was on the menu. I think I seen grounds, groundskeeper Willie eating one one time, but I've never, never seen anybody else eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, what's one place that you've not been that's on your hit list? So, like, obviously, you're a well-traveled lad, but where's somewhere you'd, you'd like to go that's still kind of on the bucket list? Uh, maybe a place that particular well um next year i've never been to south america which seems like a big um dark spot for me i'd love to um that that's my plan to go there next but to be honest the one there's two places in particular that i've been trying to go for for years and i keep not being able to go to and one of them is wales because um i keep i just never been to wales and when i meet english people that haven't been to scotland i'm always like come on man it's like a it's like a five pound megabus like get yourself up there and i always meet people and sometimes i'll meet welsh people in like the weirdest obscurest country in the world and i feel embarrassed that i've not been down there and um they've got like apparently they've got brilliant mountains i would love to see what a welsh city is like do you know the funniest thing in wellington is they have this pub and it's called a welsh pub and it's marketing um banner is the most southern welsh bar in the world and very embarrassingly it's the only welsh bar i've ever been in do you know what i mean like i couldn't compare it to anything back home I'd love to. I'd love to go to Wales, but it's trying to get convince people to go on a trip to Wales with me, which uh, I think is difficult. To be honest, my my uncle used to live in the Welsh mountains, and it is absolutely f- fantastic Wales. But it's just like I suppose they don't have like they, they only have like Cardiff, I suppose, as their major city. So like I don't know, it's not you as guys like all one been of the there? places you'd go for a night out, like in the same way. Yeah, yeah, I ain't still yeah, been yeah. there either. Yeah. <laughs> You've never been to Wales. You've never been to Wales, right? If you get, should me and you take a trip? No. <laughs> Tommy and Rice travel yeah, from Tommy different on ends of the planet <laughs> to help Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> like that one with you and McGregor, you know, when he bodged it around the world. Literally, you and McGregor has got production companies to fund him in every holiday for in his entire life. I watched you and McGregor going to the, the Arctic to meet polar bears one time in a pure obscure documentary. It's just like the guy's doing it right, whatever he's doing. <laughs> I'd I'd pay to watch you and Rye go oh, around well, Wales. Feel free to fund us. <laughs> yeah, we have got a Patreon page. <laughs> um, the other place just quickly is the Isla Sky. The Isla Sky is like the most beautiful place in Scotland, apparently. And everyone I meet there that's been to Scotland for five days tells me how much they love it. And I've never been there. And a lot of t- people, time people keep asking me about Scotland. And I keep bluffing and telling them to go to the Isla Sky. But it would be nice if I'd actually been there myself to kind of add it legitimacy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the quick fire done. Nice and quick as usual. Nice. Too too close to home answers. I All like right, that. So um, <laughs> so it's time for a little section now. We like to like call Jenny. first steps, where we get our guests to talk about the first things they ever experienced on their expat journey. So Tommy, you've been around the block. You've done the expat thing a fair few times. Have you had any mishaps when you first started? And does starting an expat journey get any easier? What was it like for you at the very beginning when you first left Scotland? Where did you go? How did it go? Um, so I'm on my fifth working holiday just now. I've done two in Canada, two in Australia, um, and one here. The first one I've done, I was fresh out of uni. It was my first time really living in another um, country, another continent, and it was it was Toronto. So for me, it's, maybe it's quite similar to own. It was it was a massive shift in terms of the size of Toronto. Like I remember the first couple of days, just trying to look at the buildings and nearly falling backwards. Like I felt like. I had got off the bus from the countryside and I was like in the in the big city or something. So I think it's very, that time I had went with my girlfriend and the other four uh, I had went solo. And I think those are two very different experiences. Um, in terms of mishaps, I think what I've learned is it's funny because you go and you do one and you think it's quite a feeling of achievement because you're like, I, I've accomplished this, I've managed to do it, I've moved to a new place, made friends, got a job, found a house. It's a feeling of accomplishment that you can do that. But just because you have done it doesn't make invalidate the difficulty of doing it again. So what I mean is um, you do it, you do it once, but 
that first month when you arrive in a new country is always a bit of a shit show. Like, um, I've heard, I, I think, I, th- I guess some people when they go maybe have a job lined up and have some friends and stuff that can help make it a bit easier. Um, but generally speaking, that it's not really an option for a lot of people. It's it's a kind of a good thing. So sometimes you just have to go. And the more you do it, the more you realize is that you just accept that and be comfortable with it. The kind of first month, like when you go there, because everyone knows that looking for a place to live is always a bit of a headache. You always have these crazy scenarios, like you're talking about mishaps. I think when I first moved to Vancouver, I was living out in Burnaby with like in a house, uh, an Airbnb full of 13 people from all over the planet and me and a Mexican girl were sl- sleeping in the living room. <laughs> There's two single beds in the living room and all this. It was such a bizarre setup. Like, um, and it's because I had been in Australia and you could just you can just rock up in Australia and live in a hostel for as long as it takes you to get set up. When I arrived in Vancouver, it was $70 a night for a, a dorm bed. So that had kind of caught me out. So And I hadn't booked anything in advance. So I think... I think a lot of people, when they first go there, have weird housing situations, temporary stuff for a while. Um, in terms of job hunting, a lot of people get there and there's a bit of kind of anxiety watching the money go down and applying for jobs. Um, when you get there, we, we kind of try to start friendships from scratch. It can always be a bit of an effort, but I think it's just one of these things like you just accept the fact that see everyone that's done the experience and they've got to the other side of that that short bit the rewards are amazing so it's just one of these things it's a trade-off you kind of go there you have that kind of funny like short period like oh i think when i first went to toronto um i got a job in canada's wonderland um it's ridiculous they gave me a job as a roller coaster operator and then obviously <laughs> I can, which, which should worry anyone who ever goes in a roller coaster i was totally unqualified for the job <laughs> One of the things that maybe gets a bit easier the, the more you do is making friends because you actually start to build up a weird international network of people. So sometimes when you go to a new place, you know people from pe- previous places, which help, helps set you up. But generally speaking, when I moved to Melbourne, um, I had met a girl up the, the, the East Coast that I had really good friends with, and she put me in touch with her sister. And I showed up to a poetry reading with all to meet all their friends and it wasn't until I arrived that I realised I had no idea what any of them looked like because <laughs> I'd never met any of them. <laughs> Just walking about in a poetry reading like ready to meet people that someone had texted me, messaged me about and then from that night I ended up, those were my closest friends the whole year and I ended up living with one of them and stuff like that so I think um, definitely it's like just because you've done it before doesn't mean that that first month is like looking for a job is always going to be a hassle. Looking for um, a place to live is always going to be a hassle. Making friends, it's always going to be easier to watch Netflix or to have your current friends and go out and make new friends. But anyone that's done a working holiday, most people that do a working holiday um, a trip or go abroad, move abroad, they have this kind of like such a appreciation of the rewards that come afterwards that it's worthwhile. I've always been really impressed at how uh, willing you are to just open yourself up and try out things you've never ever done before and I think that's helped you make a lot of friends in new places Tommy like things like yoga frisbee poet readings stand-up things you've always been like open to go out and try new stuff do you think that helps being a bit open-minded when you're in a new place just try it and rather than stay at home and watch Netflix I think now I've got a bit of an addiction to novelty but I just think it's funny because when you're at home I guess you just kind of there's you get into a habit of there's stuff that you do like I come from Glasgow and I don't know anyone that grew up in Glasgow that well none of my friends go skiing or anything like that it just seems such a removed thing but then when I went to um, Canada it was just so commonplace in Vancouver you know like something people do on a Tuesday everyone's doing it it doesn't take a lot of effort so I think there's stuff that's kind of when you get out there and within a week I've been in Vancouver, we were out canoeing and stuff like that. So I think there's, there's two sides of it. There's um, when you go to these new places, suddenly your eyes opened to new, like I went to, I, do, I, I was doing a salsa class here in Wellington. And I, I don't know. You took me, uh, <laughs> you inspired me to do salsa. I think you asked me you to go salsa? salsa a bunch of times. I, I took uh, my girlfriend out to do uh, salsa, yeah. Whereabouts did you do it? <laughs> 
How did it go, man? I went somewhere down uh, Vancouver. It was it was fantastic, but it it was it was interesting because we learned a few basics of salsa. You know, you get the steps down, the arm moves, and everything like that. But then it becomes a bit of a a first date's night. <laughs> After they took like you have your dancing session with the teacher and everything's going cool, but then there's like a partner trade off, and I was like watching my girlfriend just being passed around this room with all these different people, and I was just like, yeah, this is fine, this is cool, this is great, and then. After the session, they turn the lights down, and then it's just to grab whoever you want, Ooh. dance with whoever you want, have a little boogie dance, bit of grinding, bit of this, and I'm like, all right, let's let's get out of here. We've had a good night. Um, <laughs> that's plenty. Come come on, see where we're going home now. <laughs> that must be real, like a real tough situation as well, Mark, because it's like obviously, like if you're just coming and it's your first time, you're quite shite at dancing. So like, just being <laughs> yeah. fun, you have to just like grab people and then just dance. Real <laughs> I was so self conscious because I'm there, I'm there, like a, a wooden plank trying to get my groove on, like looking like an absolute pillock, and then <laughs> there's Sierra absolute oh duck to water this is what she's been wanting and hoping for for years <laughs> and then the instructors are going oh yeah great hips look at her she's doing this right and i'm like <laughs> awesome everybody look at look at my girlfriend she's doing a great job yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just felt so out of my depth and we haven't been back since surprisingly um yeah. <laughs> no but i, new, yeah. I Tommy, you in you inspired me to go out and try Aww. lots of weird new stuff like you took us down to that yoga thing in vancouver i just think it's good to try new things isn't yeah. it? yeah well and i think i think friends. for adults i think the hardest thing to do is to be bad at something and i this, this is the same with traveling as well like if people on a job they know how to do the job they don't want to go to a new job where they have to ask people for help all the time i always think about imagine you don't know how to swim and you're going to the swimming pool and there's kids like going back and forth doing laps easy and you're thrashing about you know or you're learning to drive as an adult and you're stalling while all your friends walk by like nobody likes to be bad at things i don't know if you remember Owen, but Owen was there the first time i tried to ski man and it was tragic it was like me and two couples and it was their first day of the ski season so they were all absolutely buzzing and we got up the top, man, like Julian had, because I was half decent at football, Julian just assumed that I would be a pro skier. Went straight up the top of the mountain, man. <laughs> I was just crashing all over the place. But you kind of, and it's the same, I understand completely what you mean with the salsa. Because I think British people are just taught to be so stiff. And like, you go there for the first time and like, it's quite tricky, but you've got to kind of, you've got to just kind of like, take down your pride and be bad at things for a while yeah. to learn how to do it. Not of Funny, Not Tommy, you were actually you. I, I was there for your kind of introduction into skiing, and you were there in, to me lacerating a kidney several weeks <laughs> later, and not skiing for about a year because of it. <laughs> so yeah, there's a bit of uh, yeah poetic justice in there somewhere. But um, so that do you, is there anything in New Zealand that you've picked up that you've not done anywhere on your travels, like where you are um, currently? I think. I, I dabbled in salsa when I was there, and then I dabbled in it here. I, I picked up, I'm trying to think in New Zealand. I've started Spanish classes. So I started them from scratch last. It was This was another case of, you know, sometimes you go to like beginner classes, and everyone's like, you're looking at them, you're like, you guys, it, it's like being in school when people say they've not done their homework and then whip out a four page essay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I go to beginner Spanish, <laughs> I literally couldn't count to three. And everyone else was just had a vocabulary of like 600 words. Do you know what I mean? So, um, right, Tommy, Tommy, just listen to a Pitbull song. He'll get you to number four. At least. <laughs> yeah, so I've started doing some Spanish now. Um, but I've just, uh, football, the football here, I know you guys have talked about it before, but there's something just like, I think for guys, it's a brilliant way to make to make friends like i guess for british guys do you know do you know what i've discovered actually one of the so there's a couple of different ways that i've found for them that they move to a new place to make friends like one of the big advantages is through people you know the friends of a friend thing um if you're convenient enough to have that like um i said to mark we i went to a few couch surfing meetups in vancouver which is quite an intimidating thing to do like to go to a meetup where you've just to go in to a bar where you don't know people sit down and talk to them but that's where i met hales and stuff who like turned out to be one of my best pals that had done so much stuff so many trips and adventures and we still talk to each other all the time so going to the, going along to those events is good but what i've heard of in new zealand which i think is really interesting is have you guys ever heard of bumble for friends 
I have heard of that actually. Oh. I think I've heard of a few girls use it for that, where they switch it to just friend mode or something, and it just it it helps hook them up say. with strangers who become their friends. I've heard of that. Yeah, it seems to be a massive thing for girls making friends these days. Like a lot of the ba- the expat girls that I've met um, have used Bumble for for so basically how it works is everyone knows how Bumble works. Like you match people or whatever for dates. What's a match like? <laughs> you can only ma- you can only match with people with the same gender. So uh-huh. and it's to stop. Okay. I guess it's to stop guys being like, "Oh, I want to be your friends," and then just trying to like use it as a way to hit on people or vice versa. But basically, I've met a lot since I got here. I knew a girl from Melbourne who I became friend, who I was friends with, who invited me out with her friends, and she met people that through Bumble for friends. And when I met them, they met more people through Bumble for friends. So most of the friends that I made here were through girls making other friends through Bumble for friends. So it seems to be something which is quite useful and quite cool. I don't know. Does it have an option for boys? I, have you tried? It has an option for guys, but I don't. I don't know if it's as common for guys. I do think guys just have more of a weird. Um, We've got football, haven't we? We don't need the. Well, that's, I think guys. The way guys socialise is a bit kind of like restricted and like the guys are a bit weird with stuff like that. Like I think sometimes with guys you have to kind of. Um, bump into them by mistake for four or five times before you're like and it, it, guys yeah. feel more comfortable going to like a sport and meeting each other so yeah, I've never, yeah. I've got to be honest I've never been on Bumble for friends but sometimes I ask myself like why have I not been on it you know what I mean like mm, I'm mm, just not mm. sure if other people are using it that's the kind of issue you know? so you've you've done hopping from country to country many times now um, is there like a, a nugget or a trick that you've managed every time is it do you have to save up a bunch of money before you go to a country is there something you've done every time that you would say yep person wanted to be an expat you should do this before you go anywhere have you got like a hit list of stuff that you do before you go to a new country i guess everybody's going for different reasons aren't they like i think i'm quite specific because i always go for a year i don't plan in settling so i pack quite light um and i always think to myself there's a lot of people that like to go and have a holiday for a while when they get there um my first priority is just to get a job like almost every single one of them i've got a job and lived in a hostel and then i found a house and stuff so my first priority is to get the money sorted and then i don't need to worry about it and then i can travel through the year just because then i guess you're a bit more relaxed with all your decisions you were saying like meeting people that are kind of wanting to get out of their ballpark a bit you know do something different like hostels like a natural breeding ground for those type of people that are just jumping into something new great place to start like not only obviously financially because like you skim when you come somewhere new but like also just to make some pals off the bat before you kind of you know get house share or whatever that's different to how most people uh, um how many people have done it we've heard on the podcast normally you land in a new country you haven't got a job you haven't got those ties so you go and do a bit of traveling with whatever money you have and then you go and look for your job so it's kind of different to how everybody else has been doing it where you come get the job sort the money out then you can do your traveling through the year so yeah, it's interesting you do it that way. It's, it's fantastic advice, I would say, because I remember when I first came out here, for about six weeks I wasn't working. It was a real catch-22, and I was getting like a lot of social anxiety because like, I've not met anyone, but I was also scared to go out and meet people because that involves spending money that I'm not earning. So like Tommy said, it, it obliterates one of the biggest problems, which is money. Uh, when you first get somewhere, so I think it's really good advice, Tommy. It's really sad. Well, do, you know, do you know what I find? I find like... Um... If you if you get to a stage where your money's down, you're rushing into things. So you're a bit pressed to take a certain apartment or take a certain job. Whereas if you do it kind of earlier, um, you've a bit more breathing space to say no to things. Like, and I like to, I don't like to, I like to kind of come out of one working holiday and go straight into another one. So that's how I try to keep my, because um, I think sometimes I don't like to be, I wouldn't like to be in the situation where I have a the year of my life and then I go home for a year and kind of work towards my second year of my life do you know what i mean like i like to be able yeah, to keep that it, makes perfect sense. to be able to go one one to the next but i guess everyone's different so, so one big adventure everyone's different because a lot of people are moving a place to settle there as well so you've got different and i do you know one of the things i did learn um i think is like see when you get to a place the kind of level that you aim at is the level that you'll end up get getting to i mean like if you get to a place and you're can you explain that a bit? Sorry. Um, like, if you get there, <laughs> if you get there and you're feeling very nervous and you just want a house, there are a lot of houses that are easy to get 
And if you're just wanting a house to, to kind of get over your anxiety, you'll take a house that you're not happy with and you'll be in it. Um, whereas if you get there and you're like, it might take me four weeks and I might not have a house for four weeks, but I will try and get a good house. And at the end of four weeks, if I can't get a good house, then I'll settle for a house that's not perfect. And it's the same with jobs. If you get there and mm. you, you go straight for a job because you need a job and you want a job, you'll get the jobs that are easy to get. But I think it's good to yourself to be generous and be like, you know what, I'm a new place is a new start. I'll give myself four weeks. I'll aim high. If it all goes wrong, then I'll just take whatever job's good. But obviously you need a bit of money at the start to do that, to give yourself like a month cushion. But I think that I think that's quite good because I've I've seen people, I've done it myself, like I've got there, something's been offered to me, I've grabbed it. And I've seen other people who <laughs> are more patient and who just waited, waited, waited. And they were going for stuff that do you know what I mean? They were looking up a bit and they got really good stuff. So I guess it's one of these things where what you put out there is going to come back to you. If you know? aimed a little higher, Tommy, you might not have been a roller coaster technician and you might have been like in one of the costumes or something like that and been a real entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, I was I had no idea when I got to Melbourne. Um I didn't realise this was my second working holiday. The first working holiday in Australia I'd done farm work and just travelled around the whole country, spent all my money. Um the second working holiday I arrived there and I was like, Oh, I just need like any job. So um I got a license to work bars. I got um, a white card so I could do construction. I was applying for every and any job. And then I had put in one speculative CV and they put me a job in the state library and the exhibitions team, this really cool job. And then I get really cool government jobs. And I didn't think that I could get them. So I wasn't putting any energy into them. And then I got them and they, they paid well and they were really fun. So Solid advice, Tommy. I, I would totally go on. Uh, and echo what you said about being a bit more patient because then if you're not tight for cash you don't end up buying $800 cars that have bombs in them <laughs> so that's what I did when I was in Canada and you know if I was a bit more patient could have got a nicer car without a bomb in it um, but I think we're going to take a little brief break there and we will come back and ask you some more questions in our home and away section Tommy so we'll speak to you very soon <laughs> All right, straight back into it then, after our short little brief break there. Um, Tommy, you are a former housemate of mine, and when we had my other former housemate, well, current housemate actually, Stefan on, um, Ryan likes to dig deep into that housemate relationship a bit more, and just to uncover a few more of my shit habits, really. Uh, basically, just finding out how bad a person I am. So uh, he's got a few quiz questions for you. I don't know what they are. So basically... Tommy, uh, before the pod and this week and the build-up for you coming up, I asked Mark a few questions and you lived together for about six months, I believe. Um, in that time, what did Mark say was your worst habit as a housemate? What was your worst habit, according to Mark? Um, I think I was the, the model housemate. I can't think of anything in particular that I've done that might have been inconvenient. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing in particular. Um, <laughs> um, nothing at all. Um, in terms of being, what the, what's the sort of stuff? I know for a fact that, I know what Stefan didn't like about me, but I think Mark Mark generally was pretty easy ozy. It, it would take something very well. Um, I can say that very very can, major. Yeah, I can say that Mark did give about three or four answers for that one. Um, You're ruining a friendship here. Yeah, sing, sing, singing in the shower came up. Have you a keen singer in the shower? Oh. Me and Stefan both done that. Yeah, but Mark, what was the what was Tommy's worst habit? Did you say uh, your hyper energy oh. and the fact that the fact that you yeah, Mark, because you were like because you're so giddy and you're so chatty and you're such a like bundle of energy. Like me and Stefan would be working at home and you would come back five six p.m. Me and Stefan would be halfway through our day or whatever. We still had tons of work to do from home and then you would just rock in at six p.m. Finished your shift. All right, lads. What, what, what are we up to? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, what's going on? Hey, jumping a bit, singing in the shower. Hey, you, d you do your little solo into the little tiny mirror on the wall. Sing a bit of Lewis Capaldi. Alexa, volume 10. 
And then, fucking, <laughs> and then me and Stefan would be like, fuck's sake, that's that's our work done. We can't do anything more now. Who's who's going to walk the dog? Like, who's going to talk to Tommy? Who's going to... It was literally like having a like a little toddler back from school. It was very cute, but um, meant our productivity went way down. But yeah. Um, oh, so that was, that was a nice way of putting it, Mark. Yeah, I like that. That's... Yeah. <laughs> tad, so, tad patronizing. Well, Tommy, second question. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a nice thing. What did Mark say was the best thing about living with you? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. He's just gave me a pretty hardcore grill in there. So. <laughs> 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 um, I guess. Has maybe he commented in the stories of my football prowess when I came home from football every night? I would regale oh, him. Oh, I did enjoy those. <laughs> the best thing about your your stories, Tommy, because the funny thing is we hadn't even played together. We lived together for six months, but I'd never seen you play. You'd never seen me play. <laughs> We'd just go in purely off these rumours of what each other was telling us about it. And obviously they'd be a bit inflated <laughs> over how good or bad we were, but you would walk in after playing with Ryan and Owen's team and regardless of the result I'd be gagging to know how you'd done and then you'd come because I'd come in with my Sunday league results but oh we won this weekend you'd come in and be like chuck your bag on the floor grumpy reserved walk over start making a cup of tea or working on a curry usually a curry and you'd just be so dejected so depressed and then you'd start off with your story about how things panned out it was always the best told story I'd, I'd loved it I was hanging on the edge of my seat like how did it go so did you tackle him? What went on? What, what happened? Who scored first? And then at the end, he just be like, <laughs> and I cracked it from 35 yards in the top corner. We went 3-2. And I'd be like, what a storyteller. And you'd come back with such tales. I thought you were like, Henrik Larsson, the way you'd tell him. You were... <laughs> to be fair, you guys will remember this. We had one season where every single game we went 4-0 down at half time. <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up winning 5-4. <laughs> I think our, our team talks. Our halftime team talks. By the end of it, was just right. Well, come on, lads. We do this every week. <laughs> let's let's start playing now. <laughs> um, but to be fair, Tommy, um, I know Mark. That's not his actual answer. He actually said your social gatherings were the best uh, thing about living with you. Mm-hmm. I'm talking gumbo, gumbo night. night. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm on about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the gumbo night. Right. So the final question and. Just to Mark. clarify a little bit for the listeners what Gumbo Night was, never in my oh, life right, yeah, did I ever it. envisage that I would be sat in a room with a bunch of people that Tommy had gathered together, his friends, very good at making friends, Tommy, so we've got five, six, seven people in our house and we're all together cooking gumbo whilst watching Princess and the Frog, is that right? You need to you need to theme the film for the dish, you know. No, what you, mean? You, like, you, I mean, you know it better than me, one. Tommy, come on, come on, step up. She cooks gumbo in the film, so the two of them go well together. <laughs> just very good at bringing in a crowd and cooking up a, a mad good dish quite a quite a wizard in the kitchen tommy actually miss that Oof, that's i like this better. apart from your stinky like... curries but you know <laughs> won't talk about those yeah. well i'm gonna, sorry I'm lads i've cooked another curry yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna bring it down second, a notch this second half of the podcast getting a lot of scottish accents happening <laughs> 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 Real Scottish appropriation. Right, I'm going to quickly bring it down quickly. Uh, okay, I know we're a bit to push for time. What is the worst thing you ever did whilst living with Mark? <laughs> this oh. is like get your own back. I love it. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done. Um, there are, yeah, there's some pretty bad things. I think that the, the very first time that I met Mark, we went out on a, a team bonding night together, me, him and Stefan. And we got to know each other pretty quickly that night by the end of by the end of the night. So um I'm not sure. There was at one I point that well. at one point there was some videos um circulating on Instagram. I'm not sure if I'm ready. It's <laughs> quite quite the citizen but, journalist, Stefan, isn't he, when it comes yeah, to Yeah. I woke up the next morning like disgraced and <laughs> Um, all the kind of cause when I first it was weird when Mark moved in, I was back home in Scotland for Christmas. And I came home to my house and there was just this guy that I'd never met living there. And then we were kind of like, oh, hello. It was a bit weird. It was a bit of distance. After that night, it was done. It was fine. <laughs> kind of got to know each other. A bit uh, yeah, just quickly. We don't have to talk about the lack of clothes and the belt. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I saw the videos. Let's, not, let's keep it clean. <laughs> uh, just quickly, Tommy, before I throw back over to Mark for home and away, 
when you were living with Mark, did you notice a lot of Apple stickers just lying around the flat? No, I did. I listened oh, to in that. In a previous episode, episode okay. it became clear okay. that oh, Mark Mark was a serial so killer. <laughs> and what he does is he takes stickers off fruit and sticks them oh. all <laughs> To be fair, I think... And that's how I ended up serving that sentence with Julian. I think <laughs> St- Stefan was doing a fantastic job with us in, t- in, in, ca- in terms of keeping everything absolutely spotless. Like I've had, I've, I've had a couple of different shared houses since then, and it's it's times like those that make you look back in Stefan and start to really appreciate him. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming I'm assuming there's some type of Apple sticker thing that I've done that Stefan knows about as well that I've just been spared <laughs> the indignity of being broadcast. <laughs> well, I, I show solidarity with you in this one. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Um, right, so yeah, well, well, I think you got two out of three there, Tommy. Did so <laughs> you're Mark. You got the. You definitely got the last one. No, you got right. one. Out. So that you did well. So <laughs> you, you were good housemates. I, I used to love coming over. I used to come over all the time. I loved it. Uh, I'll throw it back over to Mark and Alpha Home and Away. Uh, yeah. So on the topic of Home and Away, uh, Tommy, this week we're going to talk about keeping in touch uh something that you will know very well because you talked earlier you touched on having an international network of friends you go to a new country you make a bunch of friends then you move on to the next country make a bunch of new friends as well uh one thing i think as an expat is hard to do getting easier with technology and whatnot but keeping in touch with people that you the behind in previous countries and vice versa them keeping in touch with you what are your what's your experience of that and have you struggled with it um are you getting better at it how do you keep those friendships that you've had fresh and and popping and why don't you reply to any of owen or ryan or my's whatsapp messages <laughs> yeah a lot of blue tips <laughs> um i think first and foremost my big talking about keeping in touch my big my most shameful thing is i just always feel like i don't keep in touch with my family enough like the everybody that's done the, the kind of year abroad it depends where you are but sometimes the time differences are just so tricky and then i feel like i should be phoning home more often but like weekends take over and stuff like that and i don't do it as much so that's something that i'm actively all the time trying to improve on um but in terms of in terms of friends it's quite funny because you've got some for you make some friends that you would just never message they're not messaging friends like you'd hang out with them in real life and a lot of your whole relationship is around the two of you are more obvious like socializing in a way that's just kind of natural and not digital. So just because you leave the country, it doesn't mean that you're going to become the type of people that like to message each other. So I think what happens is there's some friends like, you know, Hales, obviously, like she, me and her, it doesn't matter what country we're in. We message and we phone all the time because she'll just send me stuff like. Hales is a Scottish friend you made here in Vancouver. No, it's Hayley. Hayley. Oh, sorry. You had from, you had multiple hails in your Sydney. time. Sorry. Anyway, um, confusion because we're both at Gumbo <laughs> Night. So, but um, Haley, sorry, I was trying to be down with the kids. Give her a nickname. Um, she's she she just sends me random like gifts of dogs doing funny things, or she'll just like t- send me a message about what she dreamed about and stuff like that. She's the type of friend that just like will send me random messages, so we can keep in quite good contact that way. But as I say, there's some guys that like me and Julian hung about all the time in Vancouver. We went on hikes, we like went skiing and stuff like that. But there's some people that you don't just sit and message when you when you were in the same place. So, mm-hmm. and I don't think see when you move from country to country, it isn't practical either to do the everyone you've ever met to keep it at the same level. But the one thing I would say is that the most beautiful thing that can happen from when you go traveling is like the reunions, like see. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many times when I left Australia uh, the the last time, I went to this Irish pub and seen my pal that I had done farm work with. I spent a year in Melbourne with him. He was a bit drunk, but he was getting quite emotional. He was like, you know, I might never see you again. And we had this big over the top goodbye. And literally within a year, I was back. And the three of it, and the two, me, him, his girlfriend, um, and the girl that I'm seeing just now, were at a big Polish ball in Adelaide. So, and every time I go into London. I meet up with someone that I knew in Melbourne. And I know for a fact that someday I'm going to be back over there making a special guest appearance for Southgate Sounders. Do you know what I mean? Like, So there's this type of thing. Like, I've, I've actually stopped. See, oh, when I leave okay. a country now, I've stopped with the big emotional goodbyes because 
every time I, I leave a country within a year or two, I see somebody again. Just so. for the record, Tommy, as well, we, we do leave a spare share out every week just in case you, you, you do come back. You've always got a share. I've literally, I, yeah. I, brought, <laughs> I brought this shirt with me to um, Ellington, and I realised when I got here that it was horribly ugly. <laughs> like like a red top so i never wear it because like i guess when you're wearing it in the team you're like yeah i'm part of the team but if i just showed up to football wearing it people just think i've got a bad yeah, taste it's, in football it's not the, it's not the, the worst thing is i really should have passed on to ryan when i left yeah i, I still have to wear a middlesbrough top i never got part of the kit <laughs> <laughs> i'm the out i look like a ringer i'm the outsider is there anybody that you've uh you've moved to a different country but you still keep in touch with with Skype, or, or do you not do that at all? Is it just your parents that you no, Skype? No, I, I mean, like, I do it every now and again. You've always has, co- has are... COVID also played a role in you getting back in touch with people who you've left behind uh, over over Skype and such? Because, you know, we've all got more time on our hands, or did do, in the beginning. 100%. I ended up in a seven-week lockdown. All my flatmates kind of fled to their families. So I was all of a sudden... My last place, I had seven people in the house. At this place, I've got five people in the house. All of a sudden, I was in lockdown myself. So um, I was I had plenty of time for All of a sudden, you had time to catch up with people. Yeah, which and everybody brilliant. else had time as well. So there was no excuses. 100%. Like my old actual house in Melbourne, we used to do like Skype catch-ups and stuff like that. And there's always like, I've got this one pal in Glasgow. He's my oldest pal I grew up with. Him. And it's quite funny because we leave each other. As I said, a lot of people don't like doing messages. It's quite a restricted form of like communication. So we leave each other voice notes and he literally will send me 40 minutes of voice notes. <laughs> it's like a podcast. He'll just sit down for 40 minutes and he'll just chat for 40 minutes and he'll chat and he'll literally 35 minutes say it is about Scottish football. That's pretty so much start what like... this pod's going to be, isn't it? People are going to turn it on and be like, who the hell is this Scottish fella for 45 minutes? I haven't heard from anybody else. <laughs> 100% man. So do you know what the ideal scenario is? The ideal scenario is every, every time you left a country, the people that you care about and want to spend time with would make a podcast. And it's kind of happened to me. <laughs> Both my flatmates have made podcasts. I can hang out with you guys. I was wandering around the hill, like joining in with the lads, having a laugh. Like, I, I do think I think your podcast is like a fantastic thing. Like during the lockdown, I found it really fun to be out there going for my isolation walks and listening in. Um, oh, Tommy, Stefan, cheers, I, mate. Yeah, no, I genuinely thought, and I was so much, so much time laughing. You've got a good variety of guessing, and I think Stefan's podcast is brilliant as well. Yeah, like, such people, a good pod. Yeah. Really honest, like going on there telling stories about like their relationship with their friends and families like but a real slice of humanity something you can share in so i appreciate it and i would advise MD that i know that i don't have time to like check in with all the time just to broadcast their life to me so i can catch up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah are you going to be dropping your podcast on scottish football next week or are you still in the world <laughs> I used to have a podcast when I was at uni, actually, and it was really bizarre because I'd done it with an American wow, guy. Before podcasts were cool. Wow. Yeah, I'd done it with yeah. an American guy, and I would always be like, "Hi, my name's Thomas," and he'd be like, "And I'm Greg." <laughs> it's such a weird message. I was like, "Hi, welcome to our podcast. I'm Greg," and I was like, "And I'm Thomas." <laughs> it was such a weird match. Is there any way we can dig that out? I'd uh, love to hear that. They're hidden deep in the recesses of hard drive somewhere. But, um, <laughs> Along with this picture of you in a Rangers top that you've teased. Oh, no, that doesn't exist, mate. That's an urban legend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you ever get that feeling, though? uh, I sometimes get it. Like, when you haven't been in touch with someone for so long uh, that you've left back home in England or UK or another country you've been to, that having a full-on video Skype is a bit much. You're a bit like, oh, God, I've got to look at them face-to-face. Oh, and you know what? what are you going to talk about? How long will we sustain a chat for? It kind of becomes a bit of an anxiety thing. Like, oh, I'd love to talk to him, but I don't know what we talk about for 40 minutes, you know? Do you ever get well, that? Well, personally, I would just, the other person wouldn't get a chance to talk. It would just be me, like, <laughs> verbally <laughs> overwhelming them. But I do... I'd love to chat to Tommy. Oh, no, sorry. I'd love to listen <laughs> to Tommy for a bit. But know? I don't know what you mean, because do you know where I notice it? staff work drinks like if you popped along to work drinks on a friday you go along you can sneak out and stuff like that see with the zoom work drinks there's no leaving and it's like in a normal work drink <laughs> there's like a normal work drink you can break into smaller groups but it's almost like this person now has the stage 
and it's about a commitment. I I would I thank people for the forty minute limit on the Zoom calls because that's your get out. Do you know what I mean? But like, I also also on them work calls as well. Like it's yeah, like there's there's no cut off, and it's also just like like it all becomes like a job interview because like obviously you're not there's no like you know no good decent banter is going to get chucked around you're all just like ah, yeah like, let's talk about work for half an hour and then <laughs> like, what, what's this all about <laughs> i find those things that on zoom calls as well like we've had ones for school and it's like we we get the lecture done we do the talk and then the teacher drops out and then was like anybody want to hang out afterwards and i'm like <laughs> Oh, gotta go. Sorry, I've got absolutely nothing to get to, but I am first out there. Like I don't want to hang about because you can't escape, can you? Like you've got to make up something really elaborate because you've got no reason, you've got nothing else to get to. Just do the old classic. You in times like that, you lean on the classic. Ring, 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 ring. Who's that? Sorry, Nan. It's my. Oh, sorry, it's it's Owen. He's inviting me down to play. Sorry, I've got to go. Lean on the classics. Uh, I am very conscious that um, you're 19 hours ahead of us. Uh, we're in Vancouver. You're currently in Wellington, New Zealand, Tommy. And I know that you're about to catch a 50, bus. 50. So how much longer bus. have we got you for? Um, we have to... should be... Do you still should have a chance we... of getting on it? Um, unless, yeah, I should probably... we should probably wrap things up. Don't want you to miss your bus. I could... Fantastic. If you need, a, yeah, if you need a, a five minute, if there's a couple more questions, then I can, I can fire them in separately. But... Um, Nah, I think honestly, Tommy. Yeah, and thank you very much, Tommy. We really appreciated your presence on the podcast. We were looking forward to you coming on, mate. So thank you very much for your time. I understand it's a it's a bit of a a a different time where you are right now. So I appreciate you making the time for us. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Tommy, getting you on. And we haven't even really had to ask any questions because you've been so good at explaining expat life. You were (laughs) a a joy, pleasure to have on the pod, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to yourself back (laughs) because you've been brilliant. (laughs) Before we go, uh, just to remind everybody to give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook. We're at Great Escape Pod. We're also on Twitter if you are on there as well. Um, and yeah, keep in touch with us. Send in your letters and questions if you have any expat stories uh, to our email, greatescapepodcast at outlook.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and tell your stories on the podcast. But other than that, uh, Thank you for coming on, Tommy. You've been a great guest and we hope to have you on in the future as well. Hope life carries on treating you well in New Zealand. It's been a pleasure, lads. Yeah, being class, yeah, Tommy. Great catching up, mate. Well, really we need it. to get a Zoom, Zoom call organised soon. I know all your excuses now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we, we, I know how Peggy's down. We had a few of the sound. There's somebody on the phone right now, actually. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Nan? <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow us on social media. I've got nothing, lads. Anyone want to brew? <laughs>